Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Are we ready to get excited about the Word of God? Come on, this ain't time to get proper and quiet and, and, and take a nap. This is time to get excited, amen? See, once you experience the presence of God, He just comes to just break all that stuff off of you. Then, then it's just so that He can crack open all that stuff so He can get up into your heart and speak to you, amen? Amen? All right, I'd like to start with a quote. Here it is. For every mountain, there is a miracle. You receive that. Amen. The second one is just like it. Out of difficulties grow miracles. Amen. Another person received it over there. Out of difficulties grow miracles. And this one, every act of obedience not too many amens there. Every act of obedience shortens the distance to the miracle God is bringing you to. I like that. Your belief dictates your behavior. Somebody write that down. You need that one. Listen, if you're not believing God for a miracle in your life right now, you're probably not serving the same God that we are. Amen? I'm believing God for some miracles. I'm believing that God can and will do what I am unable to do. See, where my limitations begin, God is just getting started. See, in my weakness, the Word says, His strength is made perfect. Now that scripture came up to us Wednesday during prayer. It came to me Friday during another service. It came to me, I, somebody sent me a request on Facebook and I go to accept them and it's his thing in my week. And I said, God, I, I got it. It's in the notes. I got it. I got it. It's, I promise. I promise. I'm going to share it. 2 Corinthians 12, 8, you see, and, and just to give you the little background on that word, the word says that Paul had an issue. Somebody say issue. It says he had a weakness, and this issue was given to him by the Lord. He says, I was given a thorn in my side. Now, many have tried to figure out what that thorn was. What was Paul's issue? And that's just because we're all a bunch of bochincheros and we just love to get all the dirt, right? We love to know the gossip. We say, what was Paul's issue? What was each? Listen, listen, some, I read commentary after commentary. Some said it was a stomach problem. Some said it was an earache. It was chronic headaches. Some said it was a sin problem. Some said it was lust. Listen, it could have been a wooden leg with a kickstand. I don't care what it was. If God wanted me to know, he would have told me. Clearly. Amen? 
The point is, this issue constantly reminded Paul of his weakness. And so, he asked God to deal with it three times. And to that, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. The message says, my strength comes into its own in your weakness. The Amplified says, my strength and power show themselves most effective in your weakness. The King James says, my strength is made perfect. My strength is perfected in your weakness. Listen, one reason I believe God doesn't tell us clearly is so that we can fill in the blank with our own issues. Now, don't misunderstand me. All of your issues are not from God. We bring plenty of junk to this relationship, don't we? Go like that to the person next to you. Some of us have so many issues, God doesn't have to give us any to show our weakness. We are doing just well on our own. Amen? But Paul ends the topic like this in verse 10. He says, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Is Paul out of his mind? He delights in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Anybody feeling strong this morning? Come on, don't, don't lie. But if you're feeling strong this morning, if anybody's dealing with some difficulties right now, I need you to receive that. God's grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is enough for you. That means in your weakness, he's strong. That means when you can't, he can. When you don't reach, he reaches. What you can't lift, he carries. What you can't open, he opens. What you can't close, he'll close. When you can't move, he'll make a way through. Amen. Come on, in our weakness, that means when my strength fails, when I've tried and tried and tried, when I've exhausted my own resources, when I've tried everything I can do to make it happen. You know why I believe that, church? Because I've seen it again and again and again and again and again. Just taking me from who I was to who I now am was a miracle that we all got to witness. Amen? Just seeing, just seeing God taking some of you from who you were, from what you used to do, to see some of you sitting in a church chair in a church building on purpose is a miracle. Amen? Come on, if you're sitting next to a miracle, just shout. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every act of obedience shortens the distance to the miracle God is bringing you to. Your belief will dictate your behavior. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. You can't earn a miracle. It's all about grace. That's clear, right? Grace is the favor and love of God in action. It's totally dependent on God. It's by God, from God, through God, in God, to God, by God. You understand? It's totally God. You can't earn it. Grace is unearnable. Microsoft Word told me that's not even a word, but I said it is. 
It's unearnable. It's freely given in order that we would freely receive it. Charles Spurgeon says this, My grace is sufficient for you. It is easy to believe in grace for the past and grace for the future, but to rest in it for the immediate necessity is true faith. Believer, it is now that grace is sufficient. Even at this moment, it is enough for thee. Nobody received that today? If you're just joining us, we're on a journey through the book of John in a series titled, Walk It Out. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. And so we left off in John chapter 4 last week where Jesus, well, the week before last, last week was Mother's Day. We wanted to celebrate our mommies. Amen. So we left off in John chapter 4 where Jesus meets this outcast woman at the well and prophetically speaks into her life, reveals himself to her, and then uses her to bring a three-day revival to, the, to a town of Samaritans. If this series was a song, this chapter would be the chorus. See, this woman at the well who had five husbands and was living with the sixth one at the moment. How many of you say Jerry Springer? Right? She'd be on the Maury Povich show. That's not the father. This woman had an encounter with Jesus and then she walked it out into her town. She went to everybody saying, come see the man who told me everything I ever did. Was this not the Christ? Is this not Jesus? Is this not the Messiah? She said, come, come see someone who knows you fully knows everything you ever did and still talks to you. Don't we wish we had more people in church like that? She said, he knew me and he still revealed himself to me. She said, I mattered to him. He met with me there. And it says, the word says that many of the Samaritans believed in Jesus because of that woman's testimony. So let's move on. It's two days later. He returns to Galilee and he went and visited Cana again. And Cana was the place where he turned what into what? Water into wine. Amen. Chapter 446 starts like this. And it says, And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. And when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death get the picture royal official has a sick son who's dying finds out Jesus is going to be someplace makes it a point to be there and he goes to him and begs him to come heal his son who's close to death to that Jesus replies unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders Jesus told him you will never believe so Jesus starts speaking to him and to the people around. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you'll never believe. But this man is focused. Verse 49 says, the royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. So, so, so this man is not concerned about anything else. He's saying, listen, while we talk, it's getting worse. He is about to die. If you don't come instantly, it's over. You need to come with me now and heal my son or he's not going to make it. This man had a faith, didn't he? Amen? The man had faith. He believed Jesus could heal his son, but his faith was partial. Listen, listen. He thought Jesus could only do it in a certain way. 
He came with a partial faith and what he thought was a perfect plan. His faith said Jesus could heal my son. His perfect plan was to get Jesus, bring him to his son, which was over 20 miles away. Now, how many know Jesus couldn't hop in an Escalade, sitting on 22s, and be there in 10 minutes? Right? I mean, this was, you're talking 20 miles, you're talking a, a day or two. Right? So he, he had a perfect plan. I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to grab him. I'm going to tell him to come with me. And if I got to carry him, I'll bring him to my son because I know that he can heal my son. He had a partial faith and a perfect plan. <clears throat> now, it says the word tells us that he was a royal official. That would kind of imply to you and me that the man had some clout, right? The man had some pull. He was a royal official. That he was probably used to seeing people do whatever he said to do he was probably you know his plans were probably always carried out the way he intended them to go the problem is God doesn't always work according to our plans amen this man had a partial faith and a perfect plan how many of us have ever come to God with a partial faith and a perfect plan anybody let me tell you about mine See, when I first came to the Lord, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, my mind was on being a movie star. So my heart, I gave my heart to the Lord, but my mind was being a movie star. I, I, wanted, to do, I wanted to keep doing commercials. I wanted to do big things. I wanted to do. And so I had, a, I had partial faith. I believed in God. I said, God, I believe you. God, I know that you are the Lord. I know that you're the Messiah. And here's my plan. I came with a perfect plan. I said, I will blow up. I will be a mega, mega, mega superstar. And then from that platform, I'll tell people about you. Perfect plan, doesn't it sound like? Perfect plan. And I, I envisioned myself getting, receiving the Grammy or the Oscar, whatever, right? And just, first and foremost, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As they gave me an Oscar for a movie in which I slept with six women. As they gave me an Oscar for a movie in which every word that came out of my mouth I couldn't say here in church. But, but for me, it was a perfect plan, man. It was a perfect plan. Because from there, I figured people would listen to me. From there, people would, would, would hear, do anything I say. Amen? So I, I had, you know, and, and, and God said, you know, I'll take that partial faith. But I got a better plan for you. I never had one more interview. I never had one more audition. My manager never called me one more time from the moment I gave my heart to the Lord. I was just blacklisted and dead. That's it. God said, I got a better plan. Would you tell somebody, God's got a better plan? And that's the title of this message, A Better Plan. See, God will take the faith that you come to him with because it's a faith that he's put in you. How many know you can't come to God unless he's called you? You can't come to him unless he's called you. Some of you think you're doing God a favor when you come to him. And you're coming because he's calling. Amen. Your, the word says in Romans 12 that each of us have been given a measure of faith. So God will take that measure of faith that we come to him with and, and take our perfect plan. And he'll tell you, listen, I'll receive that, but I got a better plan. Tell somebody a better plan. See, this man said, I'll go meet with Jesus. And because of who I am... 
he'll come with me and he'll heal my son. And, and, and he believed, but he had issues. His faith had weakness in it. He thought the only way Jesus could do this was if he came with him and was there with his son. But now in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect, isn't it? So this man had partial faith, but Jesus was about to perfect it. Come on, Jesus is about to perfect somebody's faith up in here today. I believe it, I believe it. I stayed up last night praying it and believe it, that God is about to perfect someone's faith here today. Jesus was about to show him what we read in John chapter 1. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was this Word. Amen? And so Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. Just like that. No no, no, no long prayers, no fancy, no nothing. You may go, your son will live. See, Jesus is about to perfect this man's faith. The men took Jesus at his word and departed. Did, did, did you catch that? The man took Jesus at his word and says, I'm out. Some of us need to take Jesus at his word and be out. Amen? Somebody, come on, somebody needs to take Jesus for his word and be out. That's, you, you don't need more word. You don't need another word. You don't need to stand on another prophetic line for three hours. Take the word that God gave you and be out. Amen? <laughs> the word says in 51, it says he took his word and he was out. And it says while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was alive. 52, when he inquired... <coughs> As to the time when his son got better, see, this guy was like some of us. We need to know every little detail. It's not enough for me. Some of us would be like, oh, he's alive. I don't care what happened. No, he said, wait, wait, wait. What time did he get better? And so he inquired. And so they, when he told them, they said, well, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. And then the father realized this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. See, when God's word goes forth, it's done. It's done. Amen? Somebody need to hear that today. When God's word goes, it's done. If you would just take it and be out, it would have happened already. Come on. Family, I know it isn't always easy, but sometimes we just got to take Jesus at his word and be out. Amen? So let's understand what just happened here. The only thing we've seen Jesus do at this point was turn water to wine and then flip tables and chase people out of the temple in order to clean it. And then some may have heard by now that he was caught speaking to a Samaritan woman with a questionable reputation, to say the least, who got an entire town talking and believing just because of the change in that woman. So that's all they have to go on so far. This man is coming in faith that the Lord has put in him. You, you, you catching that? And so he's asking Jesus, come and heal his kid. So his faith that Jesus could heal, he had faith that Jesus could heal, but he was worried that Jesus wouldn't get there in time. Anybody ever been worried that God wouldn't get there in time? This ain't the hallelujah part of the message. Anybody ever been worried that God was going to be late? Anybody ever been angry at God because he didn't do it on your timetable? Anybody been upset? Anybody been disappointed? 
because and, and anxious because you think God is not going to get there on time. Listen, there's a four-letter word that children hate to hear from their parents more than the four-letter word that parents hate to hear from their children. That word is wait. Wait. How many times a day as a parent do we have to tell a kid to wait? Ma, 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 wait! Papi, 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 wait! Wait! But daddy, you said wait! But you said when this was a, wait! Are we there yet? Wait! When are we gonna, wait! When are you gonna give me the thing you told me you were gonna get me? Wait! Isn't it funny how as good parents we teach our kids to wait? <laughs> we develop patience in them. We build character in them. We teach them lessons by teaching them to wait. Why can't I open that present now? It ain't Christmas yet. Why can't I open the box now? It ain't your birthday yet. We teach them lessons by making them wait. By for How many times do we have to force them to wait sometimes? Isn't it funny, though, that when it comes to our Father in heaven and we're forced to wait for something, we, we walk away? We get angry. We get bitter. We, we turn away from Him completely sometimes. Listen, waiting is tough. Waiting is tiring. Waiting is exhausting sometimes. But hear this. Waiting comes with something attached. Listen, my daughters love to hear me say, Wait. Because wait is not no. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Think about it, think about it. This is going to get revelation, revelationists up in you. Think about it. Waiting has something attached to it. If I said, Daddy, get it, blah, 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 no. It's done. If I say, wait. My girls know, you know, that they have me wrapped around. So, so wait means I'm going to do it. Wait is just a delayed yes. Wait has something attached to it. Wait is not no. There's a promise that comes with wait. Isaiah 40, 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary they shall walk and not faint amen well later on in John chapter 11 we hear about a man named Lazarus Lazarus gets sick and when he gets sick they send a message to Jesus and the message said this Jesus they send him an email a text message to his sidekick and it said Jesus Lazarus whom you love is sick so they're saying you need to get here quickly you need to get here quickly, they tell him. And now the word tells us that even after Jesus heard this, he stayed there two more days. Say, somebody said, that's foul. I don't suggest you do that to your wives, to your husbands. You don't stay where you're at two more days when, when they're calling you. But, but Jesus stayed where he was two more days. Listen, by the time he got to Lazarus, Lazarus had been dead in the tomb for four days. 
Somebody say, God messed up with some timing. Right? I mean, don't it make you think, wait, God, God, whoa, God, that's one that you blew. <laughs> you messed up on that one, God. You didn't check your calendar. You didn't, your, your Blackberry got messed up. Maybe it froze and it didn't send the reminders. But God, you showed up. He's in the grave four days already. Something's wrong. But when he gets there, listen to this. John eleven twenty one. Martha says to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But, and listen, we got to pay attention to Martha's butt here. Everybody, listen, some of you, you need to have, you need to have a butt like Martha. Listen, listen, Martha says, I'm dead serious. Martha says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know even now that God will give you whatever you ask. This is going to be a tough pill to swallow. But listen, Martha says, I'm disappointed. Things didn't go my way. I want, they didn't go the way I wanted them to. I'm, I'm sad. Or maybe I'm a little confused. Maybe I'm a little upset. I think if you would have been here on time when I asked, my brother would still be alive. But I still believe. Church, when God doesn't do things according to your plans, will you still believe? Will you still trust him? Knowing that there's always a lesson in the waiting. We make our kids wait because it develops character. We make them wait because it teaches patience. There's a lesson in the waiting. Listen, there's countless story after story for us to understand. And we even see it in our own life. David learned how to be a king while he waited. Over 10 years hiding in caves, running from his persecutors. He was told he was going to be king. And then he had to wait all those years to see it come to pass. Why? There's lessons that we learn in dark caves. There's lessons in dark caves that some of us are learning even right now. There's a lesson in the difficulty, amen? On the flip side, when Abraham and Sarah refused to wait, they took things into their own hands. They tried to help God along with his promise. They had all kinds of problems, didn't they? See, God doesn't need our help to fulfill his promises. His promises are yes and amen. Y'all don't believe that. You learn a lot when you don't get for what you ask for right away. Sometimes we have to wait. You also know that there are times when God answers immediately. Amen. Can anybody testify to that? There's sometimes when we ask God for something and it's as if he knew we were going to ask because it's already been delivered. Amen? Those we got no problem with, right? Amen. We serve a good God. God is good all the time. Santo, como está hermano en victoria, gloria. Amen. Amen. We're walking from glory to glory. We're praising God, worshiping. But when we, when we, when we bring a prayer to God and, and his weight, then we can't tate quieto. Then, then it's, I don't know, I don't know, I don't even know if I believe in this anymore. I don't even know, I don't even know if God hears me. I don't even know, why? Because he's made you wait? Come on, this is maturity, church, amen? This is maturity. This is maturity. You can't tell an infant, an infant will cry and cry and cry and cry until you put the bottle in his mouth. He don't understand wait. But a toddler understands because he's mature. He's matured a little bit. And because we're teaching him maturity, some of us are way too old to be acting like babies. Amen? 
We're way too old. We're way too old to be crying and whining and whining and whining and whining and whining and then walking away. Where the whole family got to tell you, come on, man, you got to come back to church, man. Come on, man. I don't know why God did. And we got to try to convince you. No, man, you're way too old for that. Amen? That's maturity, church. There's times when God answers prayers quickly. This royal official, listen to the rest of the story. In John chapter 4, he came to Jesus and he asked Jesus to follow his plan so his son wouldn't die. Jesus said, it doesn't have to be your way for it to work. The chapter ends like this. Verse 53, it says, Then the father realized that that was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. But watch this. So he and his whole household believed. Jesus said, I'll take your partial faith, but I got a better plan. Come on, worship team. He said, I'll heal your son, but I'll heal your son in a way that will perfect your faith and leave everyone in your household believing. Come on, anybody getting this? Jesus said, I'll, <coughs> I'll heal your son, but I'm going to do it in a way that not only your son will be healed, but your whole household will have life. Jesus said, I'll take your partial faith, but I'll have a better plan. See, when we see life one scene at a time, God sees the whole play. Amen? Jesus was saying, I, don't, I just don't want your son to live. I want your whole family to have eternal life. See, the very thing that we could be asking God to do right now is probably smaller than the thing he's already wanting to do. Come on, somebody got to get that. The thing that we're asking God right now for is probably smaller than the thing he's already wanting to do. Martha said, if you would have been here when I called, my brother would not have died. But Jesus had already told his disciples, even before heading there, he told them, it says in verse 14, Lazarus is dead. So see, God wasn't late. It was a plan. He already knew before he got there. He, he told the disciples, he says, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. So that you may believe. Now let us go to him. And when Martha said, if you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. But I still believe. Jesus replied, he said, your, your, your brother will rise again. See, we want someone to get a healing in their body, but God is wanting them to get a healing in their spirit. We're happy to just have the sick live, but God wants to give them life. We, we pray that we can learn just to tolerate certain people, but God wants to get us to the point where we love them. We pray that someone would stop being depressed, but God wants them to have joy unspeakable. We pray that we could hold on to our parents, maybe hold on to our loved ones a little longer, but God wants us to bring our total dependence on Him. We pray that we could make it through the day and just stay faithful, and that's our prayer, some of us. God wants us to walk it out and let our light shine and stop focusing so much on ourselves. 
Is there anybody here today that would say, God, your grace is sufficient for me? Would you stand right where you are? God, your grace is sufficient for me. God, take the measure of faith that you've given me and perfect it. If that's you, would you stand? If you're saying, I trade in my perfect plans for your better plan. God, in my weakness, show yourself strong today. I'm going to take your word today and be out with it. I'm ready to walk it out. <laughs> Watch this, watch this, watch this. So far in the book of John, Jesus does a miracle of conversion. He converts water to wine. He takes something common to makes it something of value. That's about you and me today. After that, he shows us how to cleanse the temple. He removes by force from the temple, the practices that don't belong in the temple. Listen, family, our body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit, that representative of the temple that Jesus cleaned out. Listen, listen, what are the practices that have to be cleaned out by force in our lives? Next, he brings teaching to Nicodemus. He teaches about salvation and what it means to be a Christian. Then, immediately after that, he walks it out among the Samaritans by ministering to the one woman that everybody in the town hates. He chose the woman in town with the worst reputation. Come on, somebody better hear this today. He chose the one woman that had blown it again and again and again and he loved her and not only gave her reconciliation but made her a minister of reconciliation. And now he returns to the place of the original miracle and he releases healing through the authority of his word. He shows us what happens when we walk in that authority when we take God for his word and be out I'd say God has a better plan would you bow your heads for a moment Pastor Gary would you come just seal this in prayer again seal it in prayer Father, we, we just thank you today, Lord God. I thank you for your people who are standing here, oh God, before you. Father, they've been through the fire, oh God. They, they've been through the deep waters, Lord God, where it seemed like they wouldn't make it. Father, I thank you. They've been in the pits, Lord God. They've been through hell itself, Lord God. So many of your people here, Lord God, have been waiting and crying out for the answers, Lord God. So I just thank you. The Lord's showing me that many of you, you feel disappointed in yourselves, that you've been discouraged, you feel like you've messed up. But I hear the Lord saying to you today, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, for you have not given up. I have tested you, said the Lord, but you have not stopped praising me.
So I just break guilt and condemnation off you today. You see, the enemy's been lying to you. You have passed the test. I, I just see a mighty army today of, of men and women and children. Yes. And you stand today with pure hearts before God because you, you continue to worship. You continue to come week after week in spite of the difficulty. Mm -hmm. And the Lord's showing me some of you have been through some horrible stuff yes. even in the last few yes. days. There's some of you, the Lord's showing me, that you didn't yeah. want to come today. Yeah. And you could barely get out of bed. Yeah. But you yeah. said, I got to make it to the house of yes. God. Yes. And the Lord says, I'm proud yeah. of you. Yes. Yes, Lord. I have tested you, and you have been refined as pure gold. <laughs> The yeah. Lord sees you as pure gold today. Come on, come on. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord God. I thank you for people with clean hands and pure hearts, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God. You brought them out of the dust of the earth, out of the pits, out of the dark places, Lord God. And, Father, I thank you right now. I release signs wonders and yes, miracles yes, in Jesus name yes, I decree yes, that there's a change yes, I decree yes, a new yes, season yes, I decree yes, a yes, shift a yes. shifting in your life <laughs> yes father I thank you Lord yes. God that the fullness of your plans yes, Lord God is being manifested in every life father we've we've been expecting crumbs Lord God been expecting, Lord God, the little things, Lord God, when you want to bless yes. us, oh God, yes, you want to pour out yes, your Lord. fullness, oh God. So, Father, I release that now in Jesus' name, Come on. that each one here today will come into the fullness of their destiny, on, Lord God, a place of abundance, abundance, the sound of rain. How many of you hear the sound of a downpouring come on, of rain? Come on, come on, come on. It's the rain of heaven, the outpouring, the very blessings from the throne of God. Just receive it now in Jesus' name. Father, we receive. Just receive the answer now in Jesus' name. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.